Caleb and I are sitting here with another rare breed of person, another person who's just as messed up in the head as we are. <laughs> we are all three shed heads. It's me, it's Caleb, and it's our new friend, Craig Bell from shedhunters.com. And, uh, Craig was joking around with us at the beginning of the show, and he's like, uh, "There's just there, there's got to be something wrong with us that makes us so obsessed about finding sheds." And uh, I have had that thought many times. I was just uh, joking with the guys about how today, you know, everything's covered in snow here again, so it's pretty much an act in futility to go out and and uh, put in miles to try and find sheds. Uh, the exercise would be good, of course. The Seeing some good deer sign would be good, but finding sheds would be pretty uh, slim chances right now. But I did use the time to go and gain some new uh, shed hunting permission. So uh, that just kind of shows you how much we're thinking about it. Caleb and I text each other at least once or twice a day about shed hunting. Yep. And uh, Craig and I often message through Instagram where we send each other texts uh, every now and then with some finds that we've had. I just got introduced to a new guy yesterday through a mutual friend. Shout out to Brian Krebs, who's going to be on the show very soon from the Two Bucks podcast. And uh, that guy's a big shedhead up by uh, um, the northeast part of Iowa. And uh, we're just part of this kind of subculture, guys. And it's good to be rubbing shoulders with you tonight. So, Craig, Caleb, thanks for jumping on. Hey, thanks for having me on here, man. That's right. And Craig, uh, I think probably, so so if you're listening to this, you're going to hear Craig now on this episode, on this Pick and Bones episode. And you're going to hear him again here very soon. We're going to get a full-length interview with Craig. So you get to know him a little bit better. But just to kind of help build the credibility that Craig has in the shed hunting world, Craig, could you, uh, to the best of your recollection tell us uh just like list off um the states where you have shed hunted and even if you've gone north of the border into canada you can list that as well okay yeah uh well i started shed hunting in indiana when i was nine and i'm 46 now so it's been quite a few years but uh traveling all over you know i've, I've been able to Travel a lot of places and pick up antlers. I've picked up antlers in Virginia, West Virginia. So clear out on the East Coast, um, you know, Ohio, Illinois, Kentucky, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, um, Montana, Idaho. Trying to work my way east to west. Just wow. I've made it kind of a, it's a passion in my life, I guess. I've been, you know, and then, um, man, we're, you know, Oregon. Washington, New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, you know, pretty much all the main states I've, I've hit. That's them, incredible. You know, just because, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to go to, yeah, I, something I haven't done is, you know, go to Maine and pick up moose sheds. And that's, that's my next goal, I guess. But, you know, as far as everything, I've picked up all the different species of, you know, deer and elk. And I picked up moose paddles in Wyoming you know, but they weren't nothing. Oh, you know, that's, that's so sure cool. moose or smaller. Sure. But yeah, I've, I've been I've been everywhere doing it. Man. I just that's what I. I don't know. I was I was a little kid, and I had a best friend that his dad was a farmer, and he had some sheds hanging in the rafters in his barn, and I thought they were cutoffs. You know, and he just killed yeah, the deer. Yeah. I said, I can't believe he killed all those deer. I was nine years old, and that guy said, "Man, I didn't kill those deer. They fall off their head." 
from that moment on, I was done, man. I was like, what? Those just fall on the ground. He's like, yeah, they just fall on the ground. You just go pick them up. And I was like, I just, (laughs) from that minute on, it was, it was over. That was my life. I mean, it didn't matter. That was my life. I quit fishing. You know, I quit. I turned out like crazy, but I was like, if it's, you know, I used to mushroom hunt hard and everything. And when I was real little and uh, I guess that finding something, you know, always, and it's, you just never know what you're going to find. And it's like an adventure. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. It's just being outside. And I don't know. It just started like that. And I've been, since then, I've been doing it nonstop every year. And I, I go to as many places as I can go, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I started going to the West uh, in Wyoming, you know, Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, that's when I really, really fell in love with the antlers because it was, you know, you when you grow up on whitetail, you look at, you know, you see whitetails every day. You're in whitetail country. You pick up whitetail antlers. It's like, it never gets old, never, you know, and then you're always dreaming, yep. man, look at how big those elk antlers are. I want to get out there, you know, so then I just made the trip to, I actually went to Nebraska to turkey hunt and the Northwest part of Nebraska for several years. And I go out there turkey and I quit turkey hunting and start picking up antlers. And then I found an elk <laughs> antler. And it was like, oh man, there's elk here, you know, and then I, just, I, didn't oh. I was there three weeks. I was walking past turkeys looking for elk sheds. I was like, I don't even care about turkeys. Yeah. You know, so it's just. <laughs> That's what I did. And then I thought, how am I going to be able to do this, live this life, travel to find antlers and still have a job, you know, because I was, right, yeah. you know, law enforcement. And then I was, you know, I had other jobs and things and I was like, okay, I'm going to be a taxidermist. That way I can set my own schedule. So I started doing taxidermy full time. And I did that for years. That way I could be out, you know, yeah. on my schedule. But then when you start getting into taxidermy and doing a bunch of it, then you're tied down with that because, yep. you know, you got deadlines to meet people, want their stuff and everything. I'm like, oh man what am I going to do now? You know? And then about 2012, Facebook was really getting fired up with antler content and stuff. So then I created the, the shed heads page and the shed heads content and everything like that. Started selling shirts and hats and things and that just got bigger and bigger. And I was like able to basically just do that, run a website and shed home. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of leveled off. I was like, okay, how do I go to the next level with this? I got to sell more stuff. So then I started making these sticker designs and things, you know, selling stickers yep. and the shirts and hats and everything. And, and it's still growing, you know, it grows every day, but it's to the point now where I can just, you know, the website kind of maintains itself. I mean, I maintain it, I build it, I got to keep up with it, but it kind of maintains itself as far as if I want to take a day off and go look for antlers, nothing changes, you know? So then right. nice. that's where I'm, at. I'm just, I, I, I've made my life basically, um, I've molded it around to where I can be in the woods looking for sheds. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I, I love it, man. And, you know, I think we, we see it all the time. And it's because shed hunting has picked up in popularity. We've already had a pick and bones episode on this, so I won't do a deep dive into this again. But uh, you see a lot of people mocking shed hunting or saying, you know, basically <laughs> suggesting that it's a waste of time. I, I, uh, uh, saw a post by, you know, fairly well-known guy in the hunting industry the other day. And, uh, of course he had to put his little clarifier in there. Oh, I go, uh, you know, I might find some sheds, but I'm really out there just scouting. It's like, okay, yes. But I mean, if I counted every rub and scrape I saw while I was in trail and area filled with, with, uh, you know, uh, deer scat, 
I'd, I'd run out of like numbers. You know what I mean? It's like how much of that, yeah. it's like, what are you going to do? Count every single yeah. rub you see? No, I saw like a whole bunch of rubs over there. I think there's probably bucks over there. You know, it's like people talk like there's some mm-hmm. like secret code they're deciphering when they're going out for their, their scouting thing that if you were to spend any second looking for a shed, you'd miss out on the whole thing completely and the whole trip would be a waste of time it's like <laughs> yeah that's that's just ridiculous <laughs> i know it i know yeah. it. you know you hear those guys that say that you know it's a partition participation trophy for right people who yeah 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 everything i'm like what are you talking about man this is you know just like the bull i killed this year i didn't i went up there looking for sheds if i didn't go up there looking for sheds i would never hunt that spot that's right you know, if I, didn't spot, I wouldn't have killed him i mean being a shed hunter gets you out and about and around more you know i think more than just it gives you, it gives you connection, you know, like, you know, you yep. know, the deer that are there. I've, I've hunted places for years, even out in Indiana and Illinois where I've hunted those places for years, you know, years and years. And I have trail cameras all over it. I don't see a buck there, like a certain buck. Mm-hmm. I'll go out there and pick up an antler off, you know, a great big buck with a drop tine or something. Never got a picture of him. Yeah. You know, number one, that gives me motivation to get my butt in there and hunt harder and more in deer season. And I know that deer's in the area, which I would have never known that by walking out there and looking at rubs, looking yep. at trails, walking out there, you know, checking trail cameras. I mean, Absolutely. trail cameras are great, but man, I'm tell you what, that's shed hunting just adds another element, another piece to the puzzle, and another, you know. And if people want to talk about the the pinnacle of hunting and the way they do it, like scouting and putting all the pieces together and they kill us big buck, how about you know going out and picking up two and a half year old set of sheds off a buck when he's three and a half, pick him up four and a half, pick it up and then kill yep. him when he's five. Yep. Then that that's what you, to me, that's when you've hit like the, the pinnacle of like being a, just a, I don't know what it's called. Like just a full blown, you know, really uh, top notch hunter, you know, yep. if you could do all, put all the pieces together, not just, Oh, there's mm-hmm. one throw camera go shoot it. You know? Yep. Um, right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, every really good shed hunter I know is a, is also a really good hunter. I mean, uh, they, they've size and just, you know, regular, regularly harvesting, you know, deer from both of those standpoints, they, they, uh, really set themselves apart. So, yeah, I think, I think there's definite crossover, but we can get into that more when we do our full length episode, we got to get down to the nitty gritty here, the big controversy that's going on. You've probably seen it all over the West, the shed, closures so i'm going to do kind of a quick rundown here craig of the states that have these and you can add to them if i'm missing some but that from the ones that i know of we have uh nevada right they have uh doesn't nevada have kind of a delay start uh and uh colorado and now utah wasn't that way but it is now um wyoming uh Montana's still wide open, right? Yeah, Montana's open. Idaho's open. You know, I think that the big ones right now, the main con- the main concern, like the big deal, really would be Wyoming, Utah, Colorado. You know, those. I know there's a lot. Of, you know, a lot of guys hunt other places, Arizona, sure. New Mexico. You know, like that. But the big the big deal to me would be, you know, the the Wyoming, Utah, Colorado issue, and, and that's. The closures are, um, how do I put it? So if Utah's open and everybody can shed hunt there all year round and Wyoming's close to, you know, till May 1st, mm-hmm. everybody in Utah 
you know, they they will shed hunt Utah hard all the way until May 1st. And when they've wiped out their own state, when they've picked up their own antlers, quote unquote, when they're done, then when Wyoming opens, it's just a flood of Utahans yeah. coming in. I mean, hundreds sure. and hundreds of them. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and the frustration Wyoming has is, you know, number so as far as Wyoming game and fish go, they're worried about the money, the permit fee. They want the permit fee. And I've read articles and heard, you know, the people in the higher up in Wyoming say, well, shed hunters make $60,000 a year on antlers, which is totally ridiculous. I know yeah. guys, I know the guys who find the antlers and none of them make 60000 a year picking up mm. antlers. Wow. But Wyoming has in their head that, you know, man, we got to stop this because these guys are making tons of money off us. People are coming from out of mm-hmm. state making tons of money. We're not getting any of the money. You know, so in that respect, there that's why I, you can't change my mind why they started it. They want to say it's to keep pressure off the winter and deer, you know, to help save the deer herd, et cetera, et cetera. They've had a, the problem is they have had a shed closure in Wyoming for 10 years and the mule deer herds are still declining, you know, yeah. so the shed closures aren't working. That's not the problem. You know, they right. need to find, you know, they're letting the wolves come in and they're not managing the wolf population. This, the, the, when, the closures can can help the deer for sure you know for sure when but i think when it's needed like this year is very bad in utah you know they were open then they closed it and that just blew people's minds they were upset and aggravated you know but the deer are just suffering out there and the snow's up to their neck you know mm. and they can't find food and they can't get mm-hmm. around you know yeah. it is hard on them so you know in that respect go for it the shed closure you know but then then you have uh other other things going on like the game and fish in Utah saying, Hey, do not go out there. Don't bother the deer. Don't look at the deer. Stay away from them. You're stressing them out. Okay. And then you got the game and fish going out there with chipped antlers, laying them around everywhere. <laughs> That's, yep. I you saw know? that this week. Yeah. I'm like, Okay, dude. So me walking out there to pick up an antler, or you walking out there with an antler and laying it down, that deer doesn't know what you're doing. That deer is, if he's stressed out, he's stressed out. If you're hurting right. the deer, you're hurting the deer. You know, there's got to be a balance in there. There really has to. And then, you know, I'll get guys on there. They'll bash me hard. I can't believe you guys are shed hunting this time of year. I can't believe you show an antler this time of year. And they'll just slam you, call you every name in the book. And then they'll put post pictures of all these big mule deer bucks on the winter range. Just tons and tons of pictures. Like, how do you get those pictures? You drive out there. (laughs) Right. Drive through the winter range. You walk out on a knob and you're taking pictures. Yep. Like it's no different, you know? So yep. the amount of hypocrisy it just surrounds surrounding the, the closures and the winter winter range is unbelievable to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But there there has to be a there has to be a happy medium, that's for sure. Yeah. On, well on the, the close. And and the fact that you're willing to say that part there, if anyone's tuning into this and thinks, Oh, Craig's just talking from the heart of a shed hunter. No, he's saying right there there's gotta be a you know he understands why there's closures at some point and, and how they are helpful, but he's, he's making some good points here too, that, okay, if shed hunting is so hard on the deer, then these other things must be too. And Caleb, that's kind of, that's kind of been your point when you and I have talked about this, right? Yeah. We've been talking about the, the idea of kind of other recreational activities like hikers or dog walkers i've seen but and i think another point and maybe craig can you can uh, confirm this but i've been watching a few videos where you know in the midwest it's hard for me to understand a little bit because 
the the winter range is it doesn't really change here. The deer just still right. roam everywhere, you know. But at, when from my snow piles up so high that it's a very common knowledge. It concentrates the deer and the elk because they they are only so many canyons or valleys that they can go in. Yeah, yep. my understanding based on the the depths of the snow. So I think that adds a whole new dynamic for someone like me being from the Midwest, where it's and it's difficult to kind of picture that. Right. Yeah, so so one thing, like, I'm super excited this year and way excited, actually, because this is going to be a good year. When there's a lot of snow, the deer and elk concentrate more together, you know, and they go down lower to get out of the snow line. Sure. And so that means there's going to be more antlers closer together, you know, in smaller areas down lower. Mm-hmm. So we should have a really good a shed hunters. That's going to be really good for us, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing, too, It's like, to me, okay, I don't want to go up there and shed hunt in, you know, neck deep snow right now and maybe find some, maybe not, like you guys were talking about, stepping on antlers under the snow yeah. and stuff like that. What's <laughs> yeah. the point? Wait until the yeah. snow's gone and go up and just, you know, hammer it. Yep. But as far as the, you know, right now we're seeing an elk down where they normally aren't at. I mean, it's that bad where they're, they're just way out of their out of their areas you know sure and and when Mm. you get out when you when you're when you're a wild animal and you get out of your area that you're comfortable in or safe feel safe in and stuff that does add stress and you know they don't know where the food sources are at like they would in their home you know normal winter range you know there's deer and elk going down into the cities and towns and stuff now in utah that they never see in there and they're getting on interstate getting hit and stuff yeah it's it's a tough time for them for the animals i mean you know with a hard winter but i feel like you know then on the other side of that, as far as game and fish go, I don't think they need to use that as an opportunity to take advantage of people either. I mean, right. as far as charge, okay, well, look, guys, you know, this is happening. We're going to charge permit fees to pick up antlers now. Okay. Right. Yeah, you know, right. I guess that's going to make a difference. And, but, you know, uh, what's interesting too, Caleb, I'm glad you brought up the Midwest thing. I'm pretty sure that Illinois has some limitations for antler uh, you know, like antler hunting on public ground as well. And, um, you know, the, uh, I, the, the biggest thing to me in all of this is, is what you guys have already kind of talked about. I, I totally, I never realized the part that Craig talked about with the charging the fee stuff, uh, but that makes total sense. What he's saying there, the, you know, they're looking at it as an opportunity to, to get some money from that. And they probably justify it by, um, saying it's consumptive, you you know, consumptive practice to, to take antlers. But I mean, what about, you know, rock hounds, you're going to start charging them, you know, to pick up falls. Yeah. Mushroom yeah. hunters, uh, you know, your dog walker, you know, you're, you got free exercise <laughs> for your dog. You don't have to, you know, take Trail head a, fees. Yeah. You know, it's like, at what point, what point do we, you know, start charging for all these things so in other words how about we don't charge for any of them i'm happy to pay a price for a, right. hunt, a hunting tag because yeah i am taking a an animal away from the public but but anybody can go out and pick up antlers anybody can yep. and and uh so i and, and it's affordable and it's easy for people to do and it's you right know, it's far not easy to do but it's easy anybody can go pick up antlers like you said right, right. me you know not everybody has like some people can't spend six hundred dollars for an elk tag, or, right? You know, twelve hundred dollars for an elk tag, but they can walk over, you know, get out of the truck and walk out there for basically free and pick up an elk antler. Yeah, you know, it's just they're taking away the freedoms and and usually 
when it comes down to it, it makes it harder on the normal guy, the working guy, the guy with kids, you know, mm-hmm. and then there right. you go. Say like me, I've got, you know, myself, my wife, four kids here that pick up antlers. So I got to pay $21 for me, $21 for my wife, $21 yeah. for one boy, $21 for another mm-hmm. boy. Then you you know, you're looking at hundreds of dollars to go pick up antlers. And these kids might only go out three times a year with us and maybe not even find an animal, you know, but right. they still like got a, it's like a fishing pay. license almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, yeah. and, and think too, from a long term, you know, like a long run game too, you're taking future outdoors people, hopefully out with you. And, um, you know, imagine if, you know, the person I'm thinking of that I have in mind right now is, uh, Eric Chess, Eric Chesser from, uh, Hushin, who, uh, you know, if you listen to his story, that's, he was shed hunting before he was hunting. And, uh, he was, you know, like a young teenager, you know, like 15 or younger. And he started taking these home videos of himself on these shed hunts. And I think he's like 40 now or something close to 40 Mm -hmm. years old now. So for 25 years, he's been shed hunting. And the way he got into it was because it was a free thing that he could do when he was a kid. You know, he, he didn't have to have a gun, didn't have to have all this hunting gear. He just had to have some hiking boots and a backpack and he could take off. And now he's, you know, become one of the most well-known shed hunters in the, in the world really. And, and so, you know, I think there's a ton of value to having that ease of access there. And I guess as we wrap this one up, you know, if there's an actionable thing here, first of all, it's a reminder to stay active with you know, being actively engaged with what's going on from a political standpoint, as far as hunting, fishing, and in this case, shed hunting, when we see these proposals, you know, let your voice be known, let your opinion be known. Also, I think it's good. Uh, like what Craig's saying, we got to be reasonable to look at it and say, okay, yeah, that makes sense mm-hmm. in Utah right now for this year. Let's stay out of there. But wouldn't it be even better too if, if our community was, was re, you know trustworthy enough to where they wouldn't even have to make the law because like you know what all you know shed hunters are are smart here they they know how to protect the resource and so you know not and, and maybe they are and they just jump to the conclusion of of having the law but but just a reminder to be a good you know citizen of of the shed hunting right. you know community where you know when you when you go out you represent all of us and so make sure you're a you're a good ethical shed hunter in that standpoint and uh uh you know the last thing if there is a law that is made like that follow it and if you don't agree with it still follow it but let your voice be heard don't don't uh just you know sit around and be like oh this is terrible this is you know miserable we can't do anything about it no we can we can write letters we can i mean look at look at howl howl.org uh just the the awareness they have raised for all of these issues that affect hunting and fishing uh do the same for shed hunting and you know what i know charles we've had him on this podcast before uh I bet you if you reached out to Charles about these shed hunting laws, he would even make that known to the Howell community as well and, uh, you know, raise up a loud voice for, uh, you know, any kind of legislation that you feel is is not needed or even in some cases overreaching and, and uh, uh, you know, really not not just. If you if you feel that strongly about it, you need to let your voice be heard so that so that we can take care of these things. But 
Craig, I can't wait to do the full length video man, or the full length uh, podcast, man. This is this has been great getting to know oh, yeah. you, and uh, you we're too, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, for I've sure. Got a lot to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got all these things Certainly. going through my head. I'm just like, okay, that's right. This, <laughs> that's this, right. This. That's right. We'll get it together. And, and uh, we'll we'll do that here very soon. So everyone listening in, we thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, this is a pick and bones episode, so it's it's on the short end. But I'm glad we got to dive in. We'll we're gonna uh, this is like a like a little teaser. Tune into the full length here in about a week. We'll have a week and a half from after this airing. We'll have a full length episode with Craig and Caleb. I'm sure we'll be in on that one as well oh, as long as he can be there. And uh, we'll probably dive into this a little bit deeper. Craig will will kind of coach us up on some of the ins and outs of the law and um, talk about just all the different species that he's found antlers for and and uh, just his vast, vast experience in, and why it's a worthwhile uh, activity. We already got it touched in on that a little bit. We can't help it. We, we, uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're true right. shed heads. We gotta, we gotta defend what we love, but, um, we'll, we'll get into that some more as well. So this is a primer for that. Um, but that's, that's coming up. Please remember if you're thinking about heading West to do any kind of hunting, and I'm sure he could help you out with some shed hunting plans as well. Cause he just calls around and he knows everybody go to east to Talk to Alex. Alex is a hunt planning aficionado. Uh, nobody knows it better than him. Caleb's a customer. I'm a customer and right. a lot of other people are as well. Alex treats you great. Use the promo code first gen 10, save yourself 10% off any service booked through Alex. He's busy very busy and he's wanting to continue to add clients but at some point he'll be so busy he can't take any more on so make sure you uh, jump on if you haven't yet and then don't forget our our presenting sponsor spartan forge use it literally every single day during shed season just uh use the access updated my access feature on there show where i got new shedding shed hunting permission screenshotted it sent a picture to caleb he knew exactly what was going on because he's a spartan forge user (laughs) as well so make sure you go to my link in my profile uh go to my link tree click on spartan forge and subscribe to that app and then come hunting season add on the deer behavior prediction feature and you will be hunting at the perfect time and in the perfect place a lot more often when you use it so check out spartan forge thank you again everyone for tuning in thanks to craig and caleb and until next time take care and take someone hunting